fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and each show we begin with gratitude. Well, folks, uh, today I'm grateful for all the people that put on the Defeat the Mandates rally in Los Angeles last Sunday. I want to give some people some name recognition. They don't get nearly enough credit for what they do. Um, Event organizer Amanda Damien did a spectacular job, and what's so incredible is she is also injured by the shots, and here she is working, put on two of the largest events in the year so far, you know, back to back to back, Uh, and her great staff that I was able to meet, uh, I didn't get to meet everyone, but uh, Khan and Brian, and I know um, uh, Hillary, who works very closely with uh, Steve Kirsch, and Steve Kirsch, of course, was such an instrumental uh, player in in pulling that off. I mean, these are people that deserve some big time hugs and big time praise because they're doing it from their hearts for folks. Their their hearts are centered and they are love focused. That's why these things are working. Uh, I I wanna give you some of my impressions of the event because it was spectacular. I mean, first of all, thank you to everybody that came out and watched. I mean, if you were watching online, thank you so much anywhere in the world. If you were um, came out and, and, and sat out there, it was a great day out in the sun, uh, sunshine, a lot of picnic kind of atmosphere, people laying blankets on the grass and, and seats. It was just like, it was a concert style atmosphere, um, but for a good cause, right? For the cause of freedom for all. So just big time props to you, everyone that's had this endurance, everyone that cares so much about this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also wanted to give a big shout out um, to all the presenters. Um, The presenters crushed it. I mean, it was it's such an honor to be on the same stage with so many people that, um, you know, you see names of and most of them I had met, but some of them I hadn't. And it's so nice behind the scenes to meet them and learn that they're real people. You know, Dr. Judy Mikovits, who I just love, she's so incredible. Uh, and, you know, Kevin Jenkins, one of my my best friends in the movement, you know, just that what that dude is doing and really keeping the spiritual component, the, you know, the love component of what we need to see our, us through this darkness is so incredible. Um, I thought that there were so many people that did a really, really excellent job there, especially some of the folks that went on very late, you know, but I think they got everybody on, which was really, really cool and really unprecedented when you see a lineup of that size, right? So, so many good people out there. I think it should bring us all a little bit of hope that we're going to get through this in a great way and we're going to be better off for it because people care. People really care. They're heart-centered and love-focused. Well, you know, my impressions of the event um, is also a little bit that there are some people who aren't heart-centered and love-focused. And rather than calling them out, because that's an ugly thing to do, right? 
It's just, let's put a call out to everyone to say, hey, let's check back in with why we are doing all this. What's the point? What's the collective mission we're on? And are we all rowing this incredible boat in the same direction, right? Because that's really what's gonna get us home the fastest. We'll get home no matter what, but we can get there faster. And that's if everybody's rowing in the same direction. So, you know, I would ask people who are out there that may be thinking about their own personal gain to take a step back and, say, you know, it's okay to gain. You've been putting in a lot of work. Nobody's going to have a problem with that. But are you at least sharing the spoils that you are creating for yourself with people who really need? You know, one of the things that I'm very passionate about, and those of you who know me know this, I still have yet to take any money for COVID. I haven't taken any money for any of the work I've done on the grand jury work. I haven't taken any money for any of the work of working with patients and everything like that. I volunteer all my time. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to do that. I have a great school, the Energetic Health Institute that sustains me and my family. We're really blessed in that way. So, you know, of course, donations are are always appreciated, right? But it's it's not about that money. It's about freedom for all, freedom forever. It's about helping the people who've been betrayed and hurt, in my opinion. That's, that's, where, that's where God's calling me into service. And of course, I can't speak for everybody. And I don't think everybody should be doing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. But I do think that everybody should check back in, ask a very important question of ourselves. Are we doing this for the right reasons? Is our heart really in the right place? Is it centered? Are we love focused on what we're doing? Because if you're not, it's a good time to reflect. And, you know, maybe the movement, the, the, the evil has changed you a little bit. I know it's been hard for me. There's been some moments where I've wanted to wish bad things on bad people, but then do I become the monsters that I abhor, you know? And that's for me, something that I just want to check in with. That, that's not for me. I didn't come here to be anybody's judge. I came here to protect the innocent. I came here to do a job, you know, a job that is beautiful when you really get down to it. Fighting for freedom for all, Ooh, sign me up. Helping people who are hurt and have been betrayed and abandoned, Ooh, sign me up, right? Like, yes, what a great life experience that I'm going to remember into eternity. And it's a privilege. It's an honor to serve. It's the greatest honor of my lifetime. I was telling people, I'm tired. Yeah, you might hear it in my voice right now. I came back from LA with a little bit of a sinus infection. Why? Because I missed out on a couple of days of supplements and I've been burning it at both ends. Folks, you know me, I will work and work and work and work. So if I'm doing all that, you know, it's, it's comes down to why. I'm doing that because I believe in what we're doing. And I believe that God has got this. I believe that this is our opportunity to build the better world we've always dreamt of. This is that opportunity. This is that time right now. I want to make sure that that world we're going to build is based upon love, right? The foundation is love, not greed, not power, not fame, you know, not the need for credit, right? 
If I help someone and they get better, I don't need somebody to praise me for it. The joy was in seeing them get better. The joy is in the hug that I get when somebody has gotten better. The joy is in somebody saying, hey, I got somebody else that can help you. Thank you so much. You know, that's, that's where the reward is. The rewards I seek aren't financial, and they're certainly not for fame. The rewards I seek are being woven into the fabric of someone else's life in a good way and showing the world that love is what makes all this possible. So one of the things I do encourage you to do is before you jump into the next thing, because your money is hard earned and, and with inflation, it's every dollar counts right now. Make sure when you're donating your money, make sure when you're spending your money on events that you're spending it on events that are also recirculating your money to support the things that you believe in. For example, at Beyond the Con, if you go to beyondthecon.com, May 12th through 14th, we're launching our second COVID Con event. And in that event, we're going to have great people who are doing great things. Dr. Zelenko, uh, Dr. David Martin, um, uh, Kevin Jenkins, uh, Dr. Carrie Madej, myself, I'll be there, right? Um, folks, what we're doing is saying that the proceeds are going to go to support helping the injured heal. New freedom projects that are underway, we want to fund those new freedom projects so we don't need these evildoers anymore. And also to make sure that we put the people responsible, the criminals responsible for this nightmare in jail, that we hold them to account in our courts of law. That's where when you participate with something I'm doing, that's where your money's going. So I want you to feel good about it. And I want you to know we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for joining us at Beyond the Con coming up May 12th through May 14th. You can go to beyondthecon.com and uh, register. And if your money is a little tight, no problem. Register for the free first day. It's all good, right? We have to treat each other as family, as one big ohana. And the only way we're going to get there is to start doing it, right? This isn't about me. I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude that really cares. That's all I am. But you know what? That's all I really need to be. So I want to give you a little taste of the speech I delivered at COVIDCon. I was very honored to be on the stage with the React 19 group, the people who've been injured by the shots and are unfortunately being a little used right now. They're not getting the help they need across the board. So I told them that under no circumstance will I abandon them. We're going to put together networks of doctors and we're going to help them. And that's underway, right? Um, when I heard that they weren't getting the help they need and everybody was declining, I said, well, we can do better than that right? There's my call to service. All you have to do when the call comes in is say, yes, that's all you ever have to do. So I'm gonna, what I told everybody to do was to first take a second, deep breath in. Exhale through your mouth, let it go. Oh. There you go. Do that with me, especially if you're driving, okay? And now take another breath. Deep breath in, and then point to yourself. Now, most people in the crowd, when they pointed themselves, pointed right to their heart. Heart is right behind the sternum, right behind the chest bone. Some people even 
Some people pointed to their heads. That's no big deal. That just means they're intellectual. Before you can get to their heart, they have to understand what's going on. Some people point in odd places, but those people are few and far between. Most people point to their heart and some people point to their head. No matter where you pointed, your heart is right in the middle. So what you're telling me, wherever you pointed from, wherever you pointed to is where you're coming from. If you pointed to your heart, you're coming from a place of love and emotion. You, that's what's going to really appeal to you. This is what we call that gut instincts. But if you point it to your head, it means you have to understand something before it can become an emotional response for you. And that's totally fine. A lot of people are like that. If you pointed somewhere else, well, you know, it's a, where you point is an interesting kind of uh, revelation on who you might be. But let's focus on just the head and the heart. So now... If you're not driving, take both your hands and place them over your heart, right over the chest bone. Just go ahead and do that for me for a second. Hold your heart for a second. It feels good to hold your heart. Just hold your heart for a second. I want you to hear some good news while you're holding your heart. We talked about this last week, but I want to say it again. I want you to really get this. For 20 years, these evildoers, maybe even more than that, these evildoers, I mean, if you really want to go back, it's maybe over 100 years, you can go to the, Rock, the Flexen Report and the Rockefellers and all that stuff, right? For a very long time, these evildoers have been planning our demise. They're really eugenicists. They think they have the right to tell us and decide when, how long we live and who lives and who dies. It's kind of like this Logan's Run kind of nonsense, if you think about that 80s sci-fi movie that, oddly enough, had no Black people in it. So I was always like, what's that all about, right? Well, when, you're, when you understand what we were up against, trillions of dollars are spent, decades of planning, owning of the media, owning of the government agencies, owning of, of international agencies, the World Health Organization, the World Health Alliance, the, the World Economic Forum, the owning of all of these things, and this incredible financial and time-related head start they had. Folks, are you holding your hearts right now? Here's the good news. In two years, two years, in fact, a little bit less than two years, we stalemated them. We stalemated them around the world. Why? Because the greatest energy always prevails. Now, I'm going to ask you, are these vaccines? No, they're gene modification experiments. They're not therapies. Stop calling them therapies. That gives them too much credit. There's no world where a therapy consists of something that injures your body. You don't get to inject something that co-ops normal cell function, injures the body and call it therapy. What kind of twisted world is that? It's like trying to identify as a zebra, right? I identify as a zebra. Therefore, I need everybody to refer to me as a zebra. No, you're not a zebra. Okay. No, these aren't vaccines. They're gene modification experiments. Are they safe? No. Heavens no. Over 1.2 million people at the very least have been injured by these experimental gene modification shots. At least 150,000 people have been hospitalized post-inoculation, post-shot. At least 50,000 have been permanently injured, and at least 26,000 have died 
following the shots, with over 7,500 of those deaths occurring within 48 hours. And remember, all of those numbers, you can safely multiply by a factor of five to get the actual number. In some places, some people say you can multiply by 20 or even 41. Are they effective? Oh my goodness, no, right? Over, over 10 million now, and it's well over 10 million, many states are stopping the reporting on what's called breakthrough, right? Shot breakthrough. I, I refuse to use the word vaccine anymore in reference to these things. I refuse. Such a lie. It's a lie every time it's spoken. These things don't prevent infection. So what's the point? The whole point of a, getting a vaccine is to prevent infection. What's the point if they don't prevent infection? Will they lower symptom severity? Prove it. When you look at the data from the Department of Defense and the Project Salus, it's very clear. The people who already had recovered and had natural immunity and got the shot anyway, fared better and had lower symptoms. So it wasn't the shot, it was that they already had natural immunity. These have done nothing but harm. The pharmaceutical industry has to be held to account. And it will, because the greatest energy always prevails. You still holding your heart? I hope you are. It feels good, doesn't it? We've been through a lot. It's okay to hug yourself. It's okay to hug your heart. Put both hands over it. So I want you to imagine for a moment that Fauci and friends are investigated, indicted, and found guilty, indicted by a grand jury. I would love that. That would mean that what we're working on, what my team's doing, was very effective. And then found guilty, right? Mission accomplished. Is that possible? Does that feel good? Yeah. Imagine that there's a health freedom amendment added to our Bill of Rights, so this never happens again. You cannot discriminate upon someone and mandates can never be, right? Oh, that feels pretty good. I like the way that feels. Well, we're working on drafting that right now. We're going to push that out this summer. And then imagine that all the people who've been injured are in full recovery because we figured out how to delete the mRNA sequences from their DNA. That's right. The mRNA reverse transcribes and uploads into the DNA. The exact thing the CDC and the pharmaceutical companies said couldn't happen, happens. First study ever to explore this, found it to be true, Lund University, uh, and it happens within six hours in liver cells, right? Come on. Folks, what I'm saying to you, keep holding your heart. What I'm saying to you is that we are the greatest energy. And it's our love that will prevail over any darkness. Why? Because love makes the impossible possible, right? Love makes the impossible possible. That's why it's so important for us. That's why it's so important for us to make sure that we are staying heart-centered and love-focused. Well, in today's show, we're going to be talking about what's in your water, right? <laughs> why? Because that seems to be the topic of the week. Um, I'll have some opinions on that uh, and some facts so that you don't get lost in a theory that really doesn't sadly have enough substance, at least not yet. We'll tackle all that on Energetic Health Radio 
right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Sickness is slavery, but health is freedom. So are you ready to take control of your health and rediscover true freedom? At EHI, we'll help you tap into the power you already possess, heal what hurts as you learn organic, evidence-based nutrition, botanical medicine, Eastern energetics, Western science, and so much more. That's right, folks. We cover it all. Learn what every doctor should know, learn from people who really care, and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. Let the silent voices be heard. It was the rallying call that started it all. It's a wide spectrum of programming, from world and political news to societal and cultural stories. Six amazing years of news blogs, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Well, today I got to tell you, I'm feeling very optimistic as I always do. I'm also feeling like, um, you know, excited because we're getting some really awesome results with our preliminary work with uh, some people in the injured, the, the shot injured, the genetic modification injured community. So I'm really excited about that. There's so much work to be do to be done with all these folks that I wish I could work faster, but I know um, after this past weekend, God was telling me it's time to slow down a little bit, you know, so that's, I'd already been feeling that. That's why I'm going to be reducing my interview schedule um, starting, you know, in, in May. And, um, and I think I'm going to be, my last major event is going to be in Atlanta in June. We're going to do the beyond the con in May, and then we'll do an event in I'm going to do an event in Atlanta in June. And after that, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to take some time away, um, not away from the work, not away from helping people, not away from pursuing justice, but just away from the scene, you know, because it's awesome and it's exciting. And I love seeing so many of uh, the friends I've made along the way, but I also feel like we have a lot of work to do. And I don't know how you can get a lot of work done and, be doing interviews every single day. You know, you do, I always equate uh, my work to being a whale and kind of going underwater. You know, you, you have to submerge and go underwater and get away from the noise to just get some actual production, you know, because to me, it's all about GSD, getting SI 
S-H-I, you know the last letter, <laughs> done. Um, that's what it's about. So today, uh, I was going to talk about water anyway, which was interesting. But and we're going to talk about water in the next segment, the things we can prove, you know, like what's actually in your water. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. But something came up this week that we have to address. And I want to give um, I want to give the entire scientific community around COVID a really big high five on this one. Something happened this week where um, Dr. Brian Artis uh, produced a documentary, watched the water, I think it was. Uh, a friend of mine sent me the documentary. A bunch of my team members sent me the documentary. They're like, Dr. H, you got to watch this. Dr. H, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You know, and I get those things. And I, I like when I see people so excited and I do my best to watch as much as I can, but time is limited. So I said, all right, I'm getting so many people telling me I have to watch this, that I, I, I need to watch this. And then I got a, um, and then I got an email from Dr. Paul Alexander, who was saying, you know, he was having a little problem because some people were really attacking Dr. Artis and that's wrong. Dr. Artis came out with a theory and a theory that in his opinion has substance. And in his opinion, he feels like he's proven that theory to be valid. And I, you know, I support anybody putting out a theory, you know, I, I think, I wish it would have had more substance, but let me tell you the good about what happened with this. I'm going to see if I can frame it in a way that's that's really positive, because I do think Dr. Artis is a good dude. I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. He's one of the few people in the movement I haven't met yet, but I just, I think he's a good dude. You know, everything I've heard about him has been good, and he's done some great work on remdesivir and, and really brought that to the forefront in our, our consciousness. And I, I think he needs to be, um, you know, credited for that, you know, and um, and I don't think we need to fight amongst ourselves. I don't think we get anything done fighting against ourselves. But what I do know is that we are seeing how science is supposed to work this week. So I get the documentary. I actually shared the documentary on my Telegram channel. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I qualified it because I said, look, I haven't watched this, but I have a bunch of people telling me to watch this. What do you think? And I got some interesting comments from some of uh, some of the people in my audience where they were saying, ah, I don't know, Doc, you know, it was kind of saying, I don't want to say anything bad, but uh, I don't know if this is really credible. And so then I started reading with some of the, the doctors on, on what, what was being said. I actually watched an interview with Dr. Artis and Mike Adams, the health ranger on this. And, you know, I said, you know, is it plausible? Sure. Likely, probable? No. You know, there are some problems with what is being said. And then I had some problems with the timing of the documentary and the timing of the uh, interviews and a new supplement line coming along. At least I think it's a new supplement line. Maybe it's been there forever and I just didn't notice it. But I got a problem with a few of those things. And I think you can read between the lines and know what those are. Doesn't make mean I'm right. Doesn't make Dr. Artis a bad dude at all. I just... I think it's curious, you know? And so I started getting all of these, um, the next day I started getting all these emails and everything. So I wanted to say, let me, let me put something out there. And then I'm going to share something from Kevin McKernan, who is a geneticist who I think did the best job on this, you know, and he put something out on Twitter. So I'm going to share what's already out there. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, just go over to the podcast. And there'll be a link to uh, Kevin McKernan's 
um, what he had to say about this, because I think he's spot on. The message is that this is the way science is supposed to work. We're supposed to be able to propose theories and hypotheses or hypotheses. I don't know what the plural is for that. I'm not that smart sometimes. We're supposed to be able to do that. Dr. Artis did that. Okay. And we propose it and it goes out to the scientific community and then we discuss it. We review it and we discuss it. And that's what's happened here. He's put it out to the scientific community. This, um, this idea of the spike protein resembling um, cobra venom, I think that was, that's what he did. And he, you know, I, I was watched the interview and he was extrapolating that monoclonal antibodies, reason they've been pulled from the market because they're successful and, you know, all this other stuff. I don't know. You know, that, that I don't, I don't agree with that, but I think it's possible to support the person and still, you know, professionally disagree with the theory. I support Dr. Brian Artis. I want to be clear with that. Um, I don't support if this was a plan for, you know, selling supplements. I, I don't, I'm not going to support that but I think he's a good dude. So I'm going to be supportive of him. And at the same time, I, you know, I reserve the right to my opinion as well. And my opinion is that this theory is incredibly flawed, you know, and, and that what is being presented as a fact and a bombshell kind of finding really doesn't have any substance behind it. In my opinion, at least to this point, it's no knock on anybody. This is the way science is supposed to work. You propose a theory, a hypothesis, you put it before the scientific community, the scientific community reviews it, and then either substantiates it or, or criticizes it, but criticizes the hypothesis, not the person. So when I see people criticizing Dr. Artis, my first question to them is, okay, what have you done? What have you done in this health freedom movement? What have you added to this? I, I hear the criticism and it might even be valid, the criticism of the hypothesis will always be valid, especially when you can substantiate it. But the criticism of the person is now out of bounds, you know? And whereas I don't agree with this theory, that doesn't mean I am at odds with Dr. Artis. You know what I'm saying? We have to make sure we stay heart-centered and love-focused on this. Do I believe he's a good dude? Yeah. Do I believe he wants to win you know, this and protect freedom for all and help people heal and stay healthy. And yeah, I do, you know, so we're on the same page with that. You know, the theory just didn't stand up. And so imagine this, imagine if this is what would have happened in 2020 March, CDC puts out a theory, lab leak or, or, natural origin bat poop. They put it out there. And rather than working to suppress the Great Barrington Declaration, rather than working behind the scenes to suppress and censor scientific um, freedom of speech, they let all this happen. And there's an open debate between a Peter McCullough and, uh, and, and Fauci. You know, and for the, all the public to see, you know, you start putting these things together, you know, maybe a Dr. James Lyons-Weiler as well, Dr. Sin Hang Lee, a Kevin McKernan, right? You know, debating, right? The thing that has never happened, an open, honest debate. This is what we think. We see this differently. This other group, this is what we think. 
and then let the people decide for themselves. This is how science is supposed to work. It Science relies on freedom of speech. It relies on people putting out ideas and then them either being substantiated or discredited. It relies on this. And it's no knock on the, if you, if you put out a theory and it gets discredited, it's no knock. It just means go back to the drawing board and bring more proof. If it's really solid, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able, Dr. Artis will be able to go back and bring more proof and we'll go, okay, there's new information. Now I have to revisit my, my um, professional opinion of this. And I will, I'm objective. I always reserve the right to change my mind in the presence of new information. And you know what? So do you. So when I, when I see all this, I'm like, this is science at work, what you're seeing. If it turns into personal attacks, that's garbage. That's just Twitter, you know, garbage pill crap. But if, if it just stays on the merits of the theory, then what's happening is beautiful. It doesn't matter that it's a failed theory or at least a failed theory, in my opinion, at this point. What matters is that science and scientific inquiry and scientific discussion and freedom of speech happened. You dig? That's what matters about this. And so to for that, I say, Dr. Artis, high five. You put something out there. It was very, very um, plausible when you lay out the evidence that you have, but then when you start really investigating the the probability of it just really falls through the floor, in my opinion. You see that there's some problems, but I don't care about that. What I care is somebody took the risk of putting something out. And what I care is that the scientific community really investigated it. And the one, the people who stayed over target in terms of, look, I'm not going to attack the dude, but I'm going to, I'm going to critic, I'm going to critique the theory. Way to go. That's exactly how it's supposed to happen. And I think that's something we can all really be happy that it happened. You know, I mean, I, I like that it happened. It was some interesting conversations this week. It wasn't one conversation I had that didn't involve it. So he's doing something right. He got us talking about something. But now let's make sure we're not getting away from the mission. The mission being very clear, in my opinion. Number one, help the people who are hurt. Number two, put the criminals in jail. Number three, make sure this never happens again. That's all I'm focused on. Help the people that are hurt, put the criminals in jail, make sure this never happens again. If it's anything other than those three things, I really don't have time or energy for it. That's just where I'm at after two long years, right? Two long years, even more. Now we're in our, we're in our, we're in our third year. Wow. So uh, I want to, this is on Twitter. It's public information. That's the only reason why I'm sharing it. It's from Kevin McKernan, a geneticist um, of really high repute. I mean, really smart dude. Um, he says, with respect to this uh, snake venom theory, um, a couple of posts. I think everyone is up to speed on the fact that no venom has ever been detected in municipal water or remdesivir during the pandemic. This is just reckless speculation, camouflaging, legitimate concerns over the spike protein having short peptide sequences related to COBRA, right? So in this first statement, he's attacking the theory. He's not attacking the per person. You can might say that reckless is a little bit, but it, you know, strategically we're, in, we're at war, you know, this, that is, in my opinion, I agree with that. It can be reckless. You better be right. You come out with something this sensational, you better be right. That's all I got to say about it. You better be right. 
Uh, Kevin goes on to say, again, Kevin McKernan, there'll be a link in the podcast. Um, this is better known as the SEB domain in Spike because it shares more homology with SEB than Cobra toxin. Can we call Spike protein a fully functional venom as a result of this? No. And then he gives um, proof as to why. See, this is what I like about what Kevin's doing. He's substantiating every single point he makes with evidence that this is how you argue a point. Goes on to say, give the Cobra Genome Project paper a read, and you'll notice that venoms usually consist of 50 to 200 molecules that work in concert to kill you. <laughs> okay. Full length pep peptides, uh, 60 to 90 amino acids that fold properly not just seven to 10 amino acids stretched that look like a small piece of it. And this was one of the problems with the theory from a molecular level, right? Um, while venom has very emotive overtones in our society, not all venoms are poison. It is often the dose and the root of administration that makes the difference. Very true. Bee venom being used for treatment with SARS-CoV-2, and it's called venom. And there he, he cites a, a peer-reviewed paper on that. Snake venom phospholipase A2 being used to block SARS-CoV-2 from binding to the ACE2 cell receptor. And it's venom, and he cites another um, PubMed article. Components of venom are not a venom. Components of components of venom are not a venom. Protein folding via disulfide bridges is critical with venom peptides. When you simply take a short amino acid stretch from a protein, you fail to replicate these secondary structures. And he gives a visual on this. Just beautiful, right? Again, is he attacking the person? No, he's attacking the argument. Root of administration matters. Your stomach wrecks most peptides. Snake bypass this with injection, kind of like a spike uh, Vax, he says, many of the symptoms of venoms are broad, just like COVID, but this is because venoms are rarely one compound. And then he gets into D-dimer elevation and cytokine storms. And we also know what are some of the precipitating nutrient deficiencies that influence that. Talks a little bit more about um, the amino acid chain link and, and brings some facts into it. Um, you know, he just does a really good job here. So I'm not going to read everything. There's uh, There are some additional posts in there for those of you that want to nerd out. But what he does is he, he engages a hypothesis with rational scientific discourse. And I think it's a great example, folks, of how all of this should all be done. And I'm personally really happy about this. Not that a theory got discredited or anything like that, but because we're seeing what science is supposed to look like. Theory proposed, theory reviewed, critique submitted. If it withstands the critique, then it's valid. If it doesn't, it needs to go back to the drawing board. So I think Dr. Artis needs to bring this back to the drawing board, find some more evidence and see what he's got, really. And if he does, I'll change my mind in the presence of new information. But until that time, let's talk about what's really in water right after these messages. Folks, emergencies don't last for years. And from the outset, we know what the CDC has done. We know now what the CDC has done in terms of criminal fraud and willful misconduct, okay? We can do a lot about that. And we already have grand jury petitions underway with more to come. We're putting together a great event with great people who really care 
and are going to help you not only understand day one, we'll cover what's going on legally for the legal efforts that have criminal ramifications, because that's all I care about. I'm, I'm past injunctions and everything. I think everybody doing injunctions, keep doing it, but the work is going to be in getting people held to account and putting them in jail. So we've already started that process. Tom Renz has started that process. Dr. David Martin has started that process. Um, and thankfully, all three of us will be at the event day one, but we're going to move beyond this. We're going to start talking about reclaiming our independence. And that's what COVIDCon and beyond is all about. So go to beyondthecon.com. You can register uh, for a free one-day pass or sign up for the whole thing. We'd love to have you for the whole thing and know that all of the proceeds go to help people who are injured, help uh, develop grand jury and file grand jury petitions, and also make sure that we're funding freedom projects for the future. Uh, folks, we have a lot more on Energetic Health Radio and especially about water right after these messages. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's uh, let's talk about what is in your water. The first thing that I always find fascinating, absolutely fascinating about water as it pertains to health is how much water, what percentage of our body is water. So let me read a couple of things because I'm reading from a presentation that we actually put together in 2006. So we've been talking about water and what's in water for quite some time. And we, this is something we talk about in the holistic nutrition program at the Energetic Health Institute. It's actually the third class <laughs> that you're in. We get right into water. So in a healthy adult body, there's going to be between 65 and 72% water. You know, an easier way to say it would be your body, if you're healthy, is going to be two thirds to three quarters water. The healthier you are, the more percentage is the percentage is trending towards that 72%. Now, in newborn babies, it's estimated to be about 77 to 74% water. I've seen some stats as high as like 85%. And 
you need that because babies are coming out the birth canal and, you know, you need to be flexible, you know, to get out of there and get on with your life. So one of the things that's really key is understanding that degeneration, you know, disease is really going to take place in a dehydrated state, especially when the body falls below 60 to 65% of, of water percentage. So how do we know if we're getting enough water? Well, I think for most of us, and this isn't everyone, because you can have conditions like interstitial cystitis or, you know, diet, uh, poor, poor blood sugar management, diabetes or prediabetes that tend to lean a person into urinating more frequently, but the average person should consume anywhere from half of their body weight if we're talking about pounds, half of their body weight in fluid ounces of water. So let's say average person is 150 pounds. You should be consuming about 75 ounces of water every day. You could go up to about three quarters of that as well and do a hundred ounces of water, but somewhere in that range is really good. Why? Because when you're consuming water in that range, you're ensuring that you're not going to be dehydrated, especially if you have a little bit of salt in the diet. That's right. You need to have salt. Why? Salt is going to retain water. Salt holds water in so that you can stay hydrated. A lot of people will drink water and they've heard that salt is bad for you. So they stop eating any salt. They stop seasoning their food with pink salt or a really clean sea salt, something like that, right? With no microplastics in it. And what ends up happening is because they don't have any salt in their body or not enough, I should say, what happens is now they're more prone to drink water and then urinate it out really quickly because this, wherever salt goes, water follows. So if you have salt in your body and from your diet, then it's going to help you retain some of that water and keep you hydrated. Okay. So back to the original question, which is what happens on the other end of that? If we don't drink enough water, of course, we're going to urinate less frequently. That's a sign. But then we have this other situation where people are drinking like a gallon, two gallons. I've seen some where people are drinking like three gallons of water a day. And it's like, all you're doing then is flushing out minerals at that point. So you can, yes, you can drink too much water in a day. So you want to find that nice sweet spot with your water consumption. And how do you find that sweet spot? By monitoring your number of urinations. A healthy person is going to urinate anywhere between five and eight times in a day. That's a good sign of hydration. You start urinating more than about eight times. If it's one or two more times, don't freak out. But if it starts getting into the 15 times and 20 times, then there's a problem there. Either you're drinking too much water or there's some other metabolic condition going on, interstitial cystitis, uh, poor blood sugar management, diabetes, there's something else going on with that. So basically, what's the rule of thumb for you in drinking water? Well, your body is two thirds to three quarters water, just about right in a healthy body. So you need to have, you need to take your body weight and divide it in half and half your body weight in fluid ounces, 150 pound body, 75 ounces of water. People ask me, well, do sodas count for water? No. <laughs> <laughs> People ask me, uh, you know, do juices count? I would say no, but you're getting closer. But then people ask me, do herbal teas count? And I say, yes, except coffee. Coffee is a stimulant and coffee can be a problem for your um, sympathetic nervous system, can help engage your fight or flight nervous system. So I say, eh, maybe not. I'm drinking some water right now. 
So let's talk about what's in water, right? So what's in water? And this is going to be from the EPA. You can go to your local district, your, your local water municipality and get their most recent um, update. If you have well water, you can do an analysis on that. What's in your tap water? That's really the question. Fluoride, right? Number one thing that you want to be aware of is whether or not your municipality puts in fluoride. And I can tell you that in almost every case, they do. I think there's one water district in Portland, Oregon, that does not add fluoride to the water. So the question becomes, where does fluoride come from? Fluoride is a waste product of <clears throat> aluminum production. When aluminum is being manufactured and, and, and produced, one of the waste products is sodium fluoride. And that sodium fluoride is sold to municipalities to be added into your water supply. So you're getting the waste product of aluminum production. The problem with fluoride is it doesn't have any known positive effects upon the health of the human body, including preserving the enamel of teeth. That's a garbage study from a long time ago that purported that. But what we do know that fluoride does do is that it binds magnesium, which is essential for energy production. Remember, we talked about that last week, energy production, right? Well, you need magnesium for that. So fluoride gets in the way of that process. What's also in our water, in we're talking tap water, is lead, microorganisms, um, rocket fuel has been found, MTBE has been found in water, pesticides, of course. Most, almost all, and it's probably at this point, all water coming out of your tap is recycled, otherwise called reclaimed water, which means it was reclaimed from where? It was reclaimed from the toilet. Yeah, that's a, that'll depress you. You flush stuff down the toilet. Think about what you flush down the toilet. That comes back out after it's been supposedly reclaimed and cleaned, comes out through your faucet. So does that sound like something you want to drink? You want to give your kids? You want to cook with? You want to make you know, food with? Doesn't sound like that to me. It's barely, in my opinion, um, safe for bathing in. And I, I would even question that. I, I have filters on all of my showers for my whole family. Um, <clears throat> what else is in it? Well, what do people flush down the toilet? Antibiotics, antidepressants, blood pressure meds, all that stuff, right? What else is in it? Chlorine. What else is in it? Aluminum. What else is in it? You know, you can actually go to the National Resource Defense Council and get your tap water grade from them. They update this every so often. National Resource Defense Council, Resources Defense Council, and find out how they're grading your water, right, for where you live. So we, we've seen in, you know, from the Associated Press, med, how meds that get into the water can impact human cells. They've done some studies on blood pressure medications and antidepressants. And, you know, you're just like, that shouldn't be in your water. You know, you don't need your water tainted with that. Uh, we also have other drugs that get dumped into the water. Um, you know, basically anything that's been prescribed, people will throw down the toilet and then it's, then there are trace amounts in there that impact the pharmaceuticals, then impact how your body performs at the cell level. So even if you're not taking a proton pump inhibitor, you might still be getting it through your tap water, at least trace amounts of it that can do damage. And that's not an okay thing. So people say, well, then Dr. H, what can I do? Cause that's really the question. What can I do? Well, one of the things I've been, um, 
helping people with right now is saying, sharing what I do. We've looked at the specifications for the Berkey water filtration system, and we have several big Berkeys in our house. And we'll take those um, that tap water and run it through some of their carbon filters. And we have the fluoride filters at the bottom on it, and we run it. We run that water through there. We filter our water. And I can tell you, it's very close to being distilled by the time it comes out of a Berkey. And it makes the herbal teas taste great. It makes the soups we make taste great. We cook with it. You know, and it's a way for us to make sure that we are not, um, we're not, you know, putting harmful things into our bodies, you know? So check out Berkey. I, do, I have no financial connection with them, but they just put out a really good product. And I think you should check it out. Uh, we have other folks that have asked about home reverse osmosis systems. What I would tell people with any system that you're investing money into, especially thousands of dollars. The thing I like about the Berkey system is it's, you know, for a year worth of carbon filtration and the new setup and everything, it's like four or 500 bucks, you know, it's totally worth it. And then each year for maintenance is about a hundred, 150 bucks. It's totally worth it. In my opinion. Now, when we talk about more expensive systems, I would say compare the specifications on what actually these systems, reverse osmosis or any other fancy systems, what they actually pull out against the Berkey. Because I'm I'm of the I'm of the practice that if it doesn't involve, if the system you're purchasing doesn't involve carbon block filtration on some level, that you're not going to really purify the water. You know, you're really not going to clean the water and the whole point of paying for it is to get clean water by the time it comes out of your filter. It's crazy that we have to do all this, but we live in a crazy world. What are you going to do? Um, I think it's a good idea if you are buying bottled water to buy glass bottled. Like one of the, if I do purchase any bottled water, I always buy um, glass bottled. I don't want to contribute to plastics. I used to do that a lot. I don't do that anymore. And what we do with the um, glass bottle, like uh, one of my favorite tasting waters is Castle Rock water. Again, no financial goal gain. I just want to share with you what I do. The Castle Rock water is delicious. It comes in a glass bottle. It's um, it's bottled from Mount Shasta in Northern California. So I think it's, it's really good. Um, and what you're doing, if you understand what percentage of your body is water, you understand how much you have to take in on a daily basis to maintain your health, and you understand how to monitor your hydration using and just counting your number of urinations, what you've done effectively is you put yourself in a position where you're in control of your health. You're free. See, this is what freedom looks like. You're making the decisions based upon truly informed knowledge of what's going on. Um, water softeners will not assist with this process and help in really any way other than softening the water. That's more about keeping your machinery from breaking down prematurely. We've seen people using ozone treatments for um, their water. That's great. It's a little pricey. And we've seen people doing like um, alkalinity and and uh, uh, what are oxygenation systems. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I, I, I've never done them. I just don't think that it really needs to. I, I'd prefer to get my body alkaline using green superfoods and, and organic plant-based nutrition, particularly things with chlorophyll in them. I find that that does a great job at creating alkalinity in the body and reducing the inflammatory response. Superfoods, chlorella, spirulina, if those aren't in your diet yet, make sure you get them in your diet. Maybe we'll talk about green superfoods um, next week.
But there's a lot of safe bottled waters out there. I'm not ever going to advocate for plastics anymore. There's way too much plastic out there. So I'd say do your best to get into a Berkey system or something similar with good specifications to clean your water. And also, if you are purchasing bottled water, try to get in glass. You know, nothing wrong with glass, but let's let's stay away from the plastics and the phthalates and the waste that plastic bottles can be to the best of our ability, right? Because every choice we make is either going to be healthy for us and or or disease laden for us. And every choice we make is either going to be healthy for the planet or health or disease laden for our mother earth. And this is the control we have. So let's make sure we use it. Folks, um, you know, my final thoughts on, on everything are that, you know, there's a lot to this topic of water. There's a lot to um, the energy of it. If you've watched any of uh, what the bleep do we know and the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto on the energy and you can put, you know, there's an energy that water has an ability to be malleable and, and carry forward health and ideas and thoughts that thoughts become reality in our body. If you believe and you're positive and your heart centered and your love focused, that the water of your body is going to take on that energy and that it's going to help you produce energy for your entire body and for your overall health. So there's a lot to this topic, but I think what's most important is if you're really concerned about what's in your water, let's do something about it. Let's get some good filters in so that you don't have to be worried about it and you can explore what freedom really feels like and make sure that you're taking care of not just your mitochondria, as we discussed last week, but also taking great care of your body's water because that's a key nutrient in your health as well. And it's probably one of the most overlooked in the entire world today. We just assume the water is safe and the water is clean. Well, if you ever tasted water from different places, you know that ain't true. Why does it have a different taste? Because it's got different stuff in it. So let's make sure we get that different stuff out, regardless of whatever it may be, and take full control of your health. May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Next week we'll be on, I think we'll talk about superfoods next week. That'll be fun. And then we'll get a couple of interviews in. I got some interviews lined up with some folks, but I wanted to spend a couple of weeks with you, you know? And I hope you're enjoying these, these segments because more than anything else, I want you to be in control of your health because health is freedom. We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> next week. We'll see you next week, folks. One love. Have a great weekend. Peace.